Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 791, The Return episode. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined today by Ben Funky Askren and the Director of Operations at West Virginia University. Not the whole university. So far, he's just got the <laughs> wrestling team. Eventually, he'll just be running the entire school. Kyle Brackey is back. KB, what is going on? What's up, guys? It's great to be back. Um, I'm a little disappointed JD's not here. Um, a lesser yeah. man might call him a coward. I, w- I won't, but <laughs> I just think that some people might call him a coward. And that's what we're most worried about is JD being called a coward for the entirety of the show, for not making the walk for Kyle's return. And you could say, yeah. okay, he did send me a text. And it, we were having a conversation before the show, you know, about the used to be when you had work, you had to actually call out for work. Now, oh, let me just fire off a text message to the boss and everything's good. And you could just say, you could say anything in that, that text message. And, and you know what JD said? It maps to some typical symptoms from someone returning from, from Mexico. Okay. So uh-huh. that all checks out. But is that not just all too convenient that that is so um, on the nose? And that's, that's where we find ourselves. So Bracky suggested that someone runs it down and see it sees to it that JD is actually as ill as he claims to be. I'm going to, I'm going to run it by Flynn and see if he cares if I just make a quick trip to Austin. Like, yeah. See if I can run this down <laughs> real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Check uh, in with Flynn. So this is, a, this is a good time for your appearance. And I don't know, is, is the pressure from the mounting capture Britney movement? What made you feel like you needed to come back and, and say something right? Cause you know, it, as, as she got freed, it was kind of your moment in the sun. And now that she's out of captivity, there's a lot of people saying, Maybe the Spears family was onto something by locking up Brittany. So it definitely. <laughs> I'm glad this is what true. we're it's starting not, with, guys. <laughs> First of all, that's, that's not true. But the um, the movement to try to put her back under uh, lock and key did play a factor in it. Um, I I know you you guys asked me a few times during the year, and um, I just kind of wanted to get a year under my belt and. Um, before I came on here and opened my big mouth again. Um, mm-hmm. But then, so I felt like enough time had passed and we were through the first year pretty much. And uh, yeah, you got, you, I need to talk about Brittany. And, you know, if you don't mind, I'll just go right into it. Let's just go. You know, <laughs> you know a lot of people, and, and it's funny, maybe like with college is the best example of this, you know, when, they, when they've been maybe under a strict parent or, you know, a strict household, you know, when they, when they go to college and they get some freedom, they may uh, go a little, have a little rebellion period, you know, mm-hmm. or go a little crazy, act out a little bit. And, you know, for, for someone that was under lock and key the way that she was um, for so long, this, this can only be expected to have <laughs> a little outburst, um, yeah. you know, a rebellion period. So, I'm not concerned at all, at all, at all, okay? <laughs> remotely. I thought, and you know, the other thing is, is I thought this was America. I thought you could post, do, and say whatever you please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you know, there's some people in other professions that uh, post pictures like that, and people like them very much, yeah. and they're they're very True. famous, and they're even revered. So why is it when she 
Um, even since there's those pictures, <laughs> are we calling her? Them. Are we calling her name? And are we like? Why are we doing that? It's not fair, you know. You're she has up, every right yeah. to do that. Yeah. Okay. So, Team Brittany to the very bitter end. Kyle Brackey. To the, uh, I, it it could end up being bad, and but I'll go down with that ship. <laughs> He's going down with the ship. I love it. All right, Bracky. I want to talk about year one at West Virginia University. We had we had quite a few questions about that first year, but why don't you just kind of give us the how it's been? You know, the move, the transition. It's a it's a pretty different job from what you were doing here at Flow. Uh, just give us the rundown. I think the year went pretty well. Um, <clears throat> it was definitely a learning experience for me. Um, obviously, when you was at flow for seven years and was pretty comfortable in day-to-day activities what my role was and everything um so changing that up completely um and working with entirely new people was definitely a challenge um and and doing stuff that i'd never really done before you know like um running events like a golf outing like i'd never done anything like that before um so just a lot of a lot of moving parts with that so that it was fun to learn and, and kind of do stuff on the fly. Um, but, and you're learning too, just so much that you don't realize goes on with these programs, like with compliance and, and recruiting and travel and all that stuff. So um, it was definitely learning. Like I'm still learning stuff. Um, so, but I thought it was a good first year. Um, hopefully fun thinks so as well. <laughs> but, Let's ask him. Uh, Let's let's bring him on. Let's just. <laughs> I'll go next door and get him. Um, but uh, it it was cool that the staff is really great and um, connected with them right away, and it it, it went well. Has now you know we we kind of just let you be bracky when you were here, and you kind of ate whatever you wanted, and it, but now you're around <laughs> a bunch of finely tuned athletic machines. Like t- Flynn still gets after it. It's very evident. Oh my god! Ha- has there yeah. been? Has there been any um, interventions on your uh, on your diet? So on the diet, not so much. Um, Flynn really tries to get me to work out. Like he tries hard. Yeah. Um, he hasn't been successful yet, but I am starting to feel it a little bit. Um, mm. He like he'll, he's just like just work out with me, you know, because he'll dude shredded still. You can't yes, keep up like, with a 50-year-old man, Bracky. Let's go. I mean, I can keep up with him, Ben. It's just that I have no desire to. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, actually, I might not be able to keep up with him now that I think about <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so he did get – I did play Ultimate Frisbee with him a few weeks ago, the team and, and all the coaches and stuff. So that was fun. Um, maybe that will help me get back into it. But um, the diet, no, diet has not changed. But Flynn and Port both are big Diet Coke guys. Okay. So Ooh. we all go go get uh, pops together. So pops with the boys. Oh my God. The boys um, drinking pop. What a what a wholesome <laughs> team. They go drink pop together. It's yeah. Pop, yeah. Frisbee. So the, the the diets of the staff are unique though, because um, you know Flynn is pretty good. So does Mitchell and and Cliff does too. But then um, Muhammad. Is, is Muslim. So everything he eats has to be halal. Like, so the way it's processed and all that stuff. Um, and then for a while he was doing a, a carnivore diet, like just strictly oh meat. 
Um, and then last month when he was like, while he was competing at the U S open, it was Ramadan. So he wasn't eating from sun up to sundown. Um, so, or drinking anything. So oh my gosh. The, yeah, the, the diets real. are kind of a wide variety. Okay. So, so not, not a lot of progress in year one, you know, you should make that one of your year two goals. Uh, cause who knows how much more operational efficiency you could find if you were operating hundred <laughs> percent. Now you, you often said, you know, in every athletic competition, you know, I'm a freak athlete, you know, that was like, that was like a common right. How do you stack up yeah. to the freak athletes of, of West Virginia university? Now it's a division one room. And, and who, who is the, the best athlete of the bunch? That's a good question. Um, Best athlete of the bunch, Jordan Titus is very, yeah. very athletic. Um, okay. I can like see that. When they play, um, they have a game, they play in the room before practice a lot called Gator Ball. But essentially trying to get um, a volleyball into a can jam, like hit the can jam thing or like get it in. Mm-hmm. And, can jam, that's a great game right there. Very fun. Yeah, t- Titus flies all over the place. Um, Alex Hornfeck, our 157-pounder, He's he's really athletic. Um, now you know you know when you go back to practice and they listen to this. Oh, I know. Gonna, I'm gonna get it. You're gonna get it, but then you have to set up some type of uh, athletic decathlon so they can prove prove the worst <laughs> here. See who the yeah. best is. Yeah, like a combo. Sure. I like yeah. that. Start measuring like that their hands too. Just be like, don't don't worry about it. Just start <laughs> doing size. all this. I don't know. He's got small hands. Three coach. cone shuttle. Perfect. Um, what else? You asked me something else before that. Before Ben asked me who the best athlete was. Oh, how do I stack up? Um, when I did ultimate frisbee, I did well. Um, I had a couple touchdowns. Whoa. Um, there, I mean, there's definitely they, <laughs> they. There's definitely freaks. There's definitely freaks on the team. So uh, I, I don't think I'm number one freak. Okay, not, not, not a one. certified freak. Not number one. Okay. Um, Okay, some some other questions. So we've talked a lot about you know, transfer porter, nil, all that stuff. Can you give us the because I I made the reference to the May first date for going in the portal. Mm-hmm. Can you explain like what that is and when they can go in the portal again and all yeah. that stuff? Because that's all I, knew was I May thought 1st. there was no rules, no rules. <laughs> no, there there is one rule. <laughs> um, yeah, so May first they have to have. Um, the paperwork submitted to compliance. They have to tell compliance, hey, I want to go in the portal. And then there's like um, a little bit of paperwork they have to do and a vid- like a video they have to watch now. That's, that's a video? New. Yeah, I think it's just like explaining everything that's going to happen to them if they go if they were to go in. That's um, funny. So they do that. And then um, compliance has 48 hours to put them in. So as long as there were a few guys that went in after or technically went in the portal after May one, but they got all their stuff done before the May one deadline. Um, so they're eligible, um, to be immediately eligible. So if you weren't in by that May one deadline, you, you have to get a waiver. So it's not just a mandatory, you have to sit, but you will have to apply for a waiver with the NCAA and provide some reason that they think is, <clears throat> acceptable for you leaving after May 1 and being uh, otherwise eligible. When can you re-enter the portal after May 1? So the portal resets on August 1st. And for wrestling, 
it's kind of interesting because, you know, it's a two semester sport. And last yeah. year they had a COVID waiver. So if you did not compete in the first semester and transferred, you could be eligible at your next school the second semester. Okay. Um, but that, from my understanding, that was a COVID year thing and won't be the case this year. Now, there were cases of some football players last year entering after August 1, finding a new school within a week or so, and playing that season. But they had to apply waiver through the NCAA. Um, so I'm assuming if a wrestler, let's say they get to school in August, it's clear they don't like it, they're not going to start or whatever. Yeah. They go in the portal, they could maybe do the waiver and try to be eligible second semester. Um, so, yeah, that May 1 deadline is for fall and winter, and then I believe it's July 1 for spring sports. Mm. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and how have you seen NIL change things, if at all, for, for you guys at West Virginia? For us, I don't think it has impacted us um, a ton. Um, at well, the wrestling team it is right. definitely impacting our football basketball teams. Like we have multiple football players, just like pretty openly getting tampered with and poached, like from SEC teams. Um, what are you gonna so, do about that, Kyle? Throw them under the bus. Who did it? Alabama, Louisiana <laughs> State. Which ones? Um. You can connect those dots if you look at the players and where they went. I don't watch any stuff. football. I can't oh, I, I don't no wanna, dots I don't, being connected here. <laughs> How many football players do you think anything. Ben could name right now? Division one college football players? No, even NFL. Oh, and um, Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Here we <laughs> so go. College. I, I mean, college football. Literally, I don't know if I would get any. Like, I might be zero. The number might be zero. <laughs> yeah, I think my zero. There's no ben, way. I think my number might be zero right now for college athletes. College football. There's got to be someone that I know that wrestles that plays college football. Yeah. I can't think of anyone. What has happened to me, Ben? Jeez, Ben's... Louise. Yeah. NFL. So... Let's see. You got Aaron Rodgers. You got uh, Tom Brady. You got. Uh, <laughs> It's kind of some other like old quarterbacks <laughs> that still play, right? Ben uh, Roethlisberger retired. Roethlisberger, there we go. He retired. No, he's done. So he's he's done, done now. He's finally done. Um, all right, so Ben yeah. Ben knows around too. I don't know know any at all. <laughs> so it, it it hasn't impacted rest our team that much, but <clears throat> I think what you're seeing was it with everything going on right now, it's kind of a, a perfect storm. You know, the portal, the transfer portal was put into place because tampering was becoming, there were a couple of reasons. Tampering was becoming an issue and they wanted a way to try to stop that. And so they thought by making this portal and, and showing you who all was in there and eligible to talk, coaches would wait for them to go in there. Then they would be talk to them. Yeah. Um, and then the other reason it was kind of put into place was also to help the athletes is they were being restricted. Like they would say they want to transfer and then the coach would be like, okay. And they would give them this list of 35 schools that they wouldn't let them transfer to. Like they would block if they tried to transfer there. Jeez. Um, so they wanted to take away like coaches ability to do that. So the portal, you know, those were two of the biggest reasons why the portal came to be, but now tampering is getting worse because of NIL opportunities. Yeah. And I hate even calling it NIL 
is not really. um because it's pay for play it's not nil i have zero problem with nil um want kids to be able to make money just don't like the fact that it's causing tampering and like deals are done before kids even go in the portal like you're not you're like even if a kid posts like hey i'm going in the transfer portal you're not supposed to be able to talk to them so you see their name actually in the portal yeah um but i mean deals are clearly getting done before they go in um so it's just kind of this perfect storm transfer portal immediate eligibility and being able to get paid now um so it's just kind of causing craziness and you know, you know i listened to monday when you guys talked about the new the new kind of guidelines but the, the funny thing about those are they're not those aren't new like those were always the guidelines um boosters have never been able to legally talk to recruits or legally um offer them money if they come to their school or like when they were at the school obviously before they couldn't get before nil they couldn't get paid at all um and collectives can still be a thing they just can't have those conversations until the athlete is actually on campus and a um a student athlete at that school so you're saying there's no new rules there so yeah they're just saying like hey we're going to try to enforce these uh i thought they were new and and you guys you guys kind of talked about it um a lot of these athletes in the bigger sports, like their agents, I read an article on The Athletic, an agent that represents like 80 um, college football and basketball players is like, I hope they try to enforce this because I'm going to sue them for an- oh, antitrust boy. violations. Yeah. So um, I, I don't know how it's going to work out. I, these these collectives don't seem, and, and boosters don't seem very threatened by this. Um I mean, and I don't, I don't blame them that NCAA hasn't done a lot to crack down on things. Um, Kansas just won the national title in basketball with like the highest level of infractions hanging over their head from five years ago. That's like, insane. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. I think people just think that NCAA has no teeth. No teeth. Yeah. Well, like, there's, like, there's evidence that that could be the case. Um, as far as tampering goes, have you guys been able to uh, avoid that with your guys, or have, you know, you got you got some pretty tough tough guys on the team. Anyone come sniffing around? No, as far as I know, no one has. Um, and I feel really uh, confident that our guys would tell us. I think I think Peyton would think it was funny, um, and, and same with like Killian and Robin, Wolfgram, Titus, like all our NCAA qualifiers are better guys. Yeah, no one, no one's come to us said anything um and it's not something that uh i think we would go down quietly if we heard about that happening oh yeah because <laughs> there is a lot of apprehension about okay this 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 team is tampering with this team but like you don't ever hear i think there's the less less in they're starting i feel as though the tide is shifting christian about like uh because i know one of the things tommy rollins told me on our podcast we did together is you know he said he was a coach for a few years and then after that, he went into the real business world. And he said, you know, if, if I had done it reverse, I wouldn't have hesitated to tell on all the cheaters. He said, there's people cheating. And I was like, oh, that's my buddy. I don't want to tell on them. And he said, F that. If, if I would have realized what the real world's like, I just would have told on the dudes that are cheating. 
I think there's starting to be less of a, a stigma around it because you know if you like told on somebody before you were a, a narg or a snitch or whatever yeah. so i think there's tattletale. less of a stigma what, you say, around Christian? that a tattletale a tattletale yeah yeah um, there's no tattletales in the piles house that's that's one of our rules <laughs> don't be a tattletale natalie <laughs> um yes i think there's less of a stigma and i think like people are just pissed like how like how how dare you just be so like brazen trying to get this athlete off my roster? Like, what are you doing? It's crazy the desperation. Um, okay, so what wh- what else? What was um some of the most fun parts of the uh, of the season for you? You know, you you always had a a decent travel load when you were when you're here at Flow, but it's kind of a different thing. What was it like? You know, just traveling around the country on doing the Big Twelve schedule, et cetera. It's tough for us, um, you know, being so far away. Um, we had two weeks in a row where we did back-to-back trips to the Dakotas, and um, and really? then I was. We had, well, yeah. So we went out to um, well, not like two different weeks. So like we wrestled them in consecutive days, but then the next week we turned around and went to Iowa and wrestled the two Iowa schools in back-to-back nights. But yeah. the Dakota trip was really tough because. Um, we wrestled South Dakota state at like 7 PM on Friday. And then we wrestled North Dakota state at like 1 PM the next day. And it's a three hour drive from Brookings to Fargo. Um, so it was a quick turnaround making weight twice in less than 24 hours. Um, so that, that was like a way it should count for 24 hours. I mean, like, you know, if it's a Friday, Sunday, probably not, but if we're talking, it's a, 7 p.m. and then early the next count that count it yeah <laughs> just have the For real. The, uh, the second team you're wrestling weighing at that time too honor system yeah absolutely they get they do get an extra pound because it was you know um back-to-back days of competition um but yeah so that was a tough one <clears throat> and then um so we got back real late cause then we flew out of fargo that night we got back to morgantown real late and then we turned around the next thursday and went to iowa and wrestled um Iowa State and you and I and back-to-back nights. That one was at least 24 hours apart, um, the duels. But I, I, the most fun part is, is like, like it was at Flow, was the traveling, you know, and, and getting to be, like, build closer relationships with the staff and, and with the wrestlers. Um, <clears throat> it's cool to – it's cool to see, like, the work they're putting in, like, the weight room and the wrestling room and then see it pay off on the mat or – you know, them realize their dreams. And, you know, we kind of had an up and down dual season, um, but then really had a really nice postseason. Seven guys placed a big 12 was our highest, highest finish big 12 since the um, league went to 12 teams. And, you know, I had a big 12 champ and an all American for the third year in a row. So really like <clears throat> kind of the ups and downs of the early season. And then seeing it, the team, you know, kind of come together and peak at the right time was really cool. And then also just like being around like Flynn and Cliff and Mitchell and then getting to know Muhammad this year, but just a staff that's been so successful and um, had so much experience doing this, like make adjustments as the year went on, like, Hey, like we need to do this or this really isn't working. Like we need to make this adjustment. So like just being the behind the scenes and listening to like, how they approach everything was, was a really cool experience. And I, I mean, learned a lot about wrestling and just 
watching them and practice every day and, and listening to the conversations they have. What's some of the surprising, um, as, as you got there and you know, we're always fascinated in talking about like, <laughs> you know, how, how elite coaches train their athletes and, um, what are something that you're like, wow, I didn't, I didn't expect that they would run the room this way or do this or rest at this time or whatever. Was, is there anything like that? You're like, okay, this is different. Um, I think for me, like it, it was towards the end of the season, just like, um, how much emphasis Flynn put on like, um, recovery and like, kind of like the, practices became shorter and it was just like more intense and um I don't know I think you always obviously not like the couple days before a big competition you're not going to be like training guys into the ground but I think you're always thinking like you want to train really hard leading up the competitions and everything um but you know as we got closer to big 12 it was just it was different than what I expected um but clearly was the right decision and we wrestled really well um so i think that and um you know i think that was really the biggest thing that stuck out to me yeah switching gears you know we're we uh we we know that the three of us we formed kind of a friendship over the frl years you know we 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 stay in touch um but i hear that ben only calls you so you can help him find his tweets is this true ben <laughs> the man's an expert. I needed help. <laughs> now, well, Ben, listen, if we show you like this thing, two or three times, it was like two or three times throughout the year. Three times? No, I only remember once. When? Which other time? It was at least twice. It was at least okay. twice. Okay. I mean, I, I don't. One time, possible. one time, you were um, you were looking for some kind of some exchange you had with Ariel Hawani. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. Remember that. And then there was another time, um, man, I can't remember what it was for. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I have guilty as charged on that one. <laughs> I mean, if the man lived in the Midwest, I'd probably see him at wrestling tournaments, but he's all the way out there in the middle of nowhere. We never get to see him. <clears throat> I know. I was sad. I didn't, I wasn't a Scuffalonian for the first time in years, and you were. And uh, yeah, that was disappointing. I to go. Are you guys scuffling last? Do you, what, is your schedule set? Uh, we're working it? on it. Um, majority of dates are, we are still looking for some goals. I think we are um, going to be Scuffalonians again. Um, I'm going to go. Hey, the other complaint I have, uh, Christian, is, is they're not recruiting any AWA guys. I, None. I, so. When I was talking to him yesterday about this, I was like, hey, you guys ever get in the AWA game? So I think they got in place, but I, I won't speak we, for Brackett. You know, we, um, <laughs> we tried to get in the in on an AWA guy um, late last oh. year. It didn't work out. I don't know. I don't think I'm not allowed to say. Um, I'll, te- I'll text right. you. Ben. Okay. Um, it was just a little too late in the game. Um, but now Ben's supposed to be. We I said when I made this announcement on FRL that Ben is supposed to send us at least one AWA wrestler a year. You gotta tell. You gotta happen. call one of them. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, you got to call one of them. We got, you know, we got a few that are still on the board. Um, give them a call. Our sophomore class is ridiculous. You can start calling them. Can you? Yeah. When can you start calling them? Oh, not yet. You're right. Um, June no, one. Next one. Wow. He tried to entrap you there, uh, Bracky. You got to no, be careful not, with Ben. Not June one. Um, June fifteen. 
June 15, yes, okay. sorry. Yeah, June 15. How involved are you in the recruiting process, Racky? So I actually, um, there was, speaking with COVID, there was an um, exception that more than the three, like, eligible coaches could contact wrestlers. Um, Whoa, okay. So as long as I passed the recruiting Wait, test. So I told, what, I, what in the Sam hell does that have to do with coronavirus? That's a great um, question. So I think <laughs> For it, real, is, though. So it is it is a good question. I think it was because kids were doing less visits. They wanted more people uh, from the staff and the university to be able to speak with them and, and like hmm. give them answers and, and talk to them like they would have if they were on campus and doing visits. Got it. Um, there was an exception put in place. I believe it goes to like August of this year. And I don't I don't know if it will be re-upped or whatever, but um so if I, I took and passed the recruiting test. Um, I would be able to reach out to kids. Um, so I did that. Um, I've called a few kids. Mainly, um, I'll reach out um, just kind of to start the start the conversation, and then pass off to one of the coaches. And then um, learn campus, help organize what they're going to be doing, and um, sometimes go around with them and, and help show around and stuff like that. But that that's been another fun learning experience as well, man. It's a it's a crazy game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Speaking of you know recruiting, you know the best of the best, AWA. You know, pretty soon you should be calling the five one two outlaws. You know, I've got an in there. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe it's some uh, mountaineer talent. You never know. Oh, they're, they're on our radar. Okay, that's just good to know. You know, that's a flex. Just yeah. being on the radar. That's yeah, great. there you go. Uh, very cool. Um, okay. Well, let's keep it moving. We got some more questions to get to. Um, who who put, okay, who put, why don't you guys interact with people on social? What does that mean? I, I did that because I heard oh. on social media, you guys don't even talk to people anymore, like on Facebook and YouTube and all that. That's and then JD's job and JD, he slacks on that one. Every time I ask that... him to do it, he just go, runs to the toilet. <laughs> That was that was my bread and butter. I would become friends with people. I would dunk on people. Like that, that became like part of the show. I'd be like, "Hey, this person said this," and can I get back to your roots? You were kind of a dunk master. You know, it's it's hard because I I saw that comment or someone uh, sent a tweet like, "Hey, why? Well, does that mean we'll have comments?" So then I opened up the Facebook and I was I greeted the people, and then I realized I was like, "Wait, I'm doing the show. I'm having a hard time. I don't know how you did both, but." Uh, I, you know, I'm right here. I'm looking at the comments section. I'm just going to type, I'm trying. Uh, I, that's all I can do. I think it, it was like, I'd been gone like a month or so. Someone tweeted me too. Like, they don't, they don't say anything in the chat anymore. They don't read any of our comments anymore. All right. Well, that's... Uh, you that's... guys should have uh, maybe someone come in. We need a fourth member and all they do, their only job is to interact with the... Uh, the crowd and then maybe they alert you christian when when there's an interesting post i sometimes bring it up when uh well probably more majority of times when someone's making me mad saying stupid stuff in the chat and then I, I try to roast them um but you know sometimes there's some good stuff in the chat every once in a while yeah they get it right <clears throat> um let me see all right i'm going to the chat okay joe caprino all right, you ready to dunk on him? Cause you better be ready because he's talking about your your schedule. 
you know, he had to go to North Dakota's and then I was, he said, sounds like the director of ops should do better with the schedule. Kyle, your <laughs> response. <laughs> um, well, so by the time I got here last year, the schedule was pretty much already made. And then you also have to like, one thing a lot of people don't realize and why these like come out so late is like if you wrestle in an arena that also is home to women's basketball team like they get first priority Damn um, it. and and like the big 12 basketball schedule isn't set until like september or something like really late so um we come up with dates we want but then they can just like have something going on and then we got to figure out something else um and then you know a lot of gyms too like at, at, Sometimes early in the season, volleyball might still be going on or gymnastics, like if they have. Um, so you really have to work with, like, all the other schools and when they can do it, what works for their schedule. So um, Cliff, Cliff does a lot of our scheduling. I, ha- I have helped him some this year. But, um, yeah, some of that is just unavoidable stuff, too. What's Cliff more like? Uh, you know, I know Mitchell a little bit, and everyone knows about Coach Flynn, but I don't, I don't know uh, a ton about Cliff. Yeah, I, more people need to know about Cliff. Um, he was, if you don't know Cliff, he was um, three-time All-American national champ at Iowa. Um, and he was, I think, freshman or sophomore when they shot a season on the mat um, mm-hmm. with Iowa. And I think he's in some of the, the clips. Um, I need to go back and watch now that like I know him and have a relationship with him. But um, Cliff's awesome. He's still like it's in there in scraps all the time. Um, he's quite a character. Uh, he's got a boat, um, thinks he's like a really good handyman. Um, thinks? Wait, thinks. What do you mean by thinks? Well, he, I, he just, he knows a little something about everything. He's one of those okay. guys. Like, uh-huh. and he can probably do everything. Um, that, he's just not like, uh, <clears throat> He's not the best in the world, but he's good. Like he does a lot of handy stuff around the facility and everything. Um, he... Oh, good heaven! No, I, was, oh, I no. actually ran into you guys in the airport. Now, when we said Cliff Moore, I thought about it, and uh, I did right after conferences in the Dallas airport. But I don't remember where you were. I don't think you were there. What you ran into us? Yeah, I talked to Cliff Moore for like three minutes, and then there was a couple of the other dudes running around there somewhere. And I said, "Where's Brecky?" And I don't remember what they said, but I don't think you were there. He was getting a Coke Dang. at McDonald's. Yeah, I was probably running around getting something to eat. Dang, that's cr- I literally had no idea. No one told me that. No one told you? <laughs> no. Wow. I think, it was, I think that's what it was after conference weekend. Uh, Where did you guys do conference weekend? Did you fly yeah, to Dallas? We went to, Tulsa. Yeah, we did. We were in Tulsa. Yeah, we went to Dallas and Dallas yeah. to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Hey, Jeez. how was the return to Tulsa? <laughs> Much we better had quite the adventure. Years. Yeah, no, um, much better than previous experience. I've been pretty outspoken about Tulsa, um, <laughs> that I hate it and it's a trash town. That I hate it. <laughs> um, well, okay, how did uh, you say that? But Detroit, Ooh, uh, Detroit, Detroit, uh. Detroit. I, I don't. Did you ever talk about how it just smelled like marijuana twenty four seven everywhere you went? <laughs> It was, it was, a uh, yes, it was marijuana. Just driving. I mean, it's, it's legal up there. So, but, so like, it was just everywhere. 
and yeah, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, the arena is beautiful. That was um, very nice. It was very, it was very nice. Um, much nicer than the Palace Auburn Hills and much more convenient than the Palace Auburn Hills. Yeah. But hey, um, not, please no, never again. <laughs> Kyle, we, we got a really good comment in the chat mm-hmm. right now. And yeah. Is it true that you only took the match at West Virginia to duck the rematch with Dirk Bauer? No, it's not true. No, it's not true at all. Technically, um, he moved closer to Dirk. <laughs> this is true. And if I wanted to train more, like what other mm, job could true. I take that would be more perfect? There you go. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right, you start training with um, um, start training with Killian. That that'll get you yeah, ready. He'll get me ready. <laughs> uh, okay, so Tulsa. I'm sorry, I interrupted Tulsa to be like, "Whoa, Detroit, dude." Um, but now yeah. NCAs. So you're probably you're gonna be a Tulsa boy a couple of times because you got. Yeah. I'm sure conferences are just there forever. It seems like, and then NCAs yeah. in Tulsa. Yep. Next year. Yeah, we're we're Tulsa boys. Um, I I've seriously thought like, should we even leave? I was like, wondering next year. Oh, next year. Yeah, like next, like I. What is it like ten days? That's probably too long. Is it even? Um, and they do have travel day and the travel day. It's only going to be like seven or eight. Yeah, because you'll come back on a Tuesday probably, and you'll probably leave on a Monday. Yeah, exactly. Um, But you know, they do have school, and they are student athletes. Um, I think, but the way things are, the way things are moving online more and more, maybe maybe that's something they'd be able to do. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We need probably need to look at how expensive it would be to lo- stay very out there. Large Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and should... you would just need to keep, like, obviously we'd want all ten guys there, but if some guys didn't qualify, you could. If you don't get qualify, walk home. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Wow. Take the bus. You don't make it to NCAs. <laughs> get your ass on the Greyhound. <laughs> <laughs> the shoe, the shoe leather express, as Nomad once called it. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. So yeah, if you don't place for uh, for Ben at a big tournament, he he just has you walk. One time, have I ever told you that story? Um, no, I don't think so. Never about the, making the kid walk home. Maybe. Go ahead. Okay, and tell it me. was it was Josh Otto. He's at Wisconsin, and. He, he was getting rolled up at UW Cadets one year, and it was all he was shooting a head side single, and he was getting dumped. And he got dumped four times in a oh. row. It was eight zero. I think I did tell you this, right? Yes, you did. And at period said, break, shoot I shoot another head side single. <laughs> Josh, I don't care what you do. If you shoot another head side single, you're freaking walking home. I don't care. I don't care if you lose. I don't care if you get pinned. If you shoot a head side single, you're going to freaking walk home. Shoot the head side single, gets dumped to his back 10 to zero. And I'm like, Son of a bitch! I gotta make him walk home now because I'm a man of my word. I can't freaking. I listen. I told me to walk home. It's pretty simple. Don't shoot head inside single. Pretty simple instructions here. The man shot head inside single. He freaking found a different parent to take him home. Thank God, because I I was like I gotta I gotta be a man of my word. I can't go back on my word. So, but he knew I was gonna be a man of my word. He went and found someone else to give him a ride home. Why did he shoot a head inside single? <laughs> Josh Otto was about the most stubborn son of a bitch I ever dealt with in my life. <laughs> he knows it too. He's trying to listen to this and go, yeah, he's right. Oh my gosh. That's really funny. Thank <laughs> you, Josh. Um, 
Someone said, uh, what's with the Detroit hating? Man, you think you know a show than, than this, said Paul Youngs. But then Michael said, I saw no hating. They said everything good about that city. So I can only assume <laughs> that Michael enjoys uh, marijuana cigarettes. Yeah, we're <laughs> the only people in America that hate on Detroit. <laughs> yeah. Detroit's such a crap hole. A, <laughs> we're the only first. people. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. you know the scary thing about driving and then smelling weed is you know it's because there's cars in front of you that are just blazing up while they're driving. Listen, all right, here's a funny story. Um, so they gave, <clears throat> NCAA gives all the guys that qualified, like, gift cards to, um, it was to Meyer, I think, the grocery store. It's like $30 gift cards. Um, so really? We're like, I, Wait, yeah. Kyle, I, that is the exact gift that we got in 2007 so the ncaa doesn't account for inflation at all no must not i mean a 30 dollar gift card to meyer that's exactly what we got in 2007 that's hilarious yeah so they got gift cards to meyer and you know we had to get groceries anyways we're like well we'll go to meyer and they can use that and whatever and we'll get our usual groceries for them and everything so we go and as we're but the closest one was like eight miles away from the arena um so as we're driving there, we are just not in a good part, clearly. And um, I'm like, I'm sitting, we had a couple, we drove to Detroit, we had a couple of rental cars, and um, Mitchell was driving. And I was like, yo, this has us getting off on the eight-mile exit, like Eminem's eight-mile exit. And so <laughs> we get off the exit, and we're just like, clearly not in a good part. And Peyton looked it up, and we were like a mile away from Eminem's like trailer park where he grew up Dang. and then like all of a sudden there was just like this nice shopping center with a mire but it was so weird it was in just, like a, a terrible part um and we were very close to the original eight mile where it all started <laughs> the house that marshall mathers built yeah original good old eight mile all right we'll keep it moving here uh Oh, I, can you pull in this uh, video from Barstool, Tyler? I want I want Kyle to watch this if he hasn't seen it yet. The, the people in Florida, it's kind of interesting because I have a. Uh, we'll watch this video and then you. I want you guys to answer this question. So essentially, there was a uh, a lady having a medical episode. If you're watching, and this car is going like two miles an hour through an intersection, and people are getting out and trying to stop it because the lady's like passed out or something, and so. All these people are rushing and running to the car, and they get in front of it, and they actually stop it in the middle of the intersection. And then I need you to watch this guy in the white shirt because he goes, boom. (laughs) So pause it for a second. This dude comes up in the white shirt, and he is going to get this lady out. And he goes, boom, and he punches it with, with his might. And he not he does not break the window to get this lady out. So then he walks away. So my question is simple. If you guys had one punch, could you punch through a, 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 a door window of a car? I think if I'm trying to smash it, I'm going to do like a back elbow, like, yeah. you know, something like that. That's what I think I'm using. Yeah. I don't, learned... I don't think I could. They seem very, they seem very strong. And your hand is way more fragile. There's a lot more bones in there to break than like if you use an elbow or maybe a nice front, a Michael Chandler style front kick. To uh to the window might be a good option. Yeah, th- they eventually got like a something blunt to to hit it with that wasn't a part of the 
you know. I liked how he, he like kind of shook his hand after he hit it. It probably hurt that so had, freaking dude, that bad. that had to hurt bad. That had Especially because he winds up and throws like this. <laughs> Were you guys ever like punched the wall? Did, I know I'm sure you weren't, Ben. I, I wasn't. But I'm I'm basically just asking Bracky if you were ever the punch the wall guy after after a loss. Um, no. No. I I never punched a wall. Um I I mean I have like thrown things and like yeah. had temper tantrums as you have seen at Flow. Um <laughs> you're a temper tantrum guy? He's old. When, he's I, get, terrible when I get mad enough, yeah, I'm a terrible uh, loser. Um, uh, I broke the, I broke the spike ball thing one day. Um, yeah, the net, like, there was this like crazy exchange, and I just like I had <clears throat> an easy like tap on, and I think it was to maybe win the game or like extend the game, and I missed it, and I just. I don't know. I kicked it. I just kicked it, and the bar just snapped. Reflexively, <laughs> it was like it just it happened, and boom! It wasn't yeah. like deliberating is like straight to it. Um, yeah, that's why I had to buy a new one. So that sucks. <laughs> to answer to answer the question, everyone's wondering. I also do not think I can uh, punch through the the window under any circumstances. But that's the easiest answer I've ever had to give on the show. But it was it was kind of funny. Uh, that, yeah, we should try out. it. You should got. You guys should buy. Flo should buy us a car, and we could just get all the employees out there and see who can. Who's the first one to break the window? I'm. I I'm already so know that this. Mike Mal would already have a. He would know the exact vulnerabilities <laughs> of the window. He's like, oh, you got it. You got to hit it in the corner here, and it just breaks a lot easier. He's got. He's got. Corner a, seems way harder because you're further. You know, the fulcrum would be the. Well, the I'm edges. just saying that. I'm just saying he would know some sort of little insight for how to get bash in a car window. Very I think Mike deep. would. Appreciate me saying uh, saying that about him. Uh, um, funny. Uh, yeah. So no, no, no interest in that. Shout out to that guy for giving it the old. But they, they were. It was a heroic thing. They helped save this lady. Um, but I thought it was funny <laughs> that guy punching the <laughs> the, the window. Ouch. Um, but yeah, there were a couple of Buffalo Gap Bison who uh, who resorted to the uh, punching after a loss thing, including a guy in the middle of the state tournament. He lost a match. Then he punched a wall and broke his hand. Well, there's he, rumors of someone else in twenty the twenty twenty one tournament doing that also. Yes, I heard about that. Um, I don't know. I don't. I I was told that was totally untrue. Who knows? Okay. Um, <laughs> but it was definitely true match. in the instance of our of our uh, thirty pounder at uh, at the state tournament, and he broke his hand. The and then straight up he broke his hand, but and he wrestled the tournament and placed. With with a legitimate broken hand. Good, because you know one one of my good sayings, and you guys can use this, Brack. You might want to use this because you are at West Virginia University. Sometimes in life, you either gotta be smart or you gotta be tough. One of the two, you gotta pick, right? If you can do some dumb stuff, you gotta be tough enough to deal with it, like punch a wall, for example. Mm-hmm. Listen, you punch that wall. I didn't make you punch a wall. Now you gotta go wrestle with a broken hand like a dumb dumb, right? <laughs> so you gotta be smart or you gotta be tough, and sometimes you gotta pick one. That is I like that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so some other things. These are just funny uh, tweets. They're not really – there's nothing for Bracky really to say about it. But uh, Corey Kaczynski asked, asked actually a good question. Was the free Britney movement a colossal mistake or a titanic mistake? <laughs> um, it was – it was a success. It was a success. It was <clears> – <throat> no one in this country – um, should be 
should be locked up like she was like by agreed she wasn't able to do um she's a she's a grown-ass woman she should be able to do whatever she wants tell her it wasn't a mistake wow if it was a mistake it was was the most wonderful one water yeah water's gonna find this level and she's gonna be all right that's right that's right that right okay uh, Spay is also trolling. He says, what are you doing to help the capture Britney movement? Spay never to want to yeah, shy away Spay, from putting a little salt in the wound. Spay can shut up. You know, I saw he ripped his pants again. He detonated a pair of his pants, his jeans. Yeah. With his, with his thunder dunker. <laughs> I also love how he, like you guys live in Austin and it's just hot and warm at all times. And he waited till late May to wear shorts for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> Bracky. Now, uh, I, oh, this is a good question. So, Brack, if you don't know, Bracky only wears shorts. Like, basically, it has well, the, the conditions that are required for Bracky to wear pants are it's extreme or it's a travel man. day and he'll wear sweats. Uh, but basically, he wear, if he's coming to work, he's wearing shorts. Has that changed? Has that had to change since you got to West Virginia? It had to change. Um, wow. My- did you know that going in? Uh, yeah, it wasn't anything like required dress code or anything like that. It was because it's freaking cold out in the winter, and we had a pretty, pretty brutal winter. Um, and then our office is just freezing. Constantly. Oh, really? And they can't. Oh, yeah. It was. Yeah. So you needed you needed the jeans. Um, but shorts weather is officially here. So I, <laughs> maybe maybe it was just me. Um, being jealous, not being able to wear shorts in January. Yeah, but um, if you live in Austin, yes, you can pretty much wear shorts, flip flops, and a t-shirt year round. It'll be like yeah. four days a year where you're like, "Man, I'm kind of cold in these shorts, flip flops, and a t-shirt. I should maybe put a slight hoodie on or something." Racky, the new place is great because it's like a real building, not like whatever this place was, and um, <laughs> we're not like freezing or hot at all times. It's like just. You don't even think about the temperature. You just walk around in a t-shirt. It's wonderful. Hey, wait, yeah, Christian. Nice. So, are you guys only at the old HQ for pod, uh, for the podcasting and media stuff, and then you go over for everything else? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. So it's like a ghost town over there. Go literal. It's now <clears throat> so bracky. They took out all the desks, and you know those like little. All white the desks are gone. Gone. It's empty. We just we bracky. You and I could could do foot races in there all day. It's great, but um. They took down those white little divider walls. They're going to, well, it's going to be, I guess I can say this. It's going to be a competition area. Event space. Yeah, we're going to have, have events here. It's going to be, it's going to be tremendous. What uh, about um, all the construction that was going on next door that they were taking 10 years to finish? It's so funny. So nothing has happened at, to the, at the Brothers Produce Place that where we, we did shoot our, our reality show there. Uh, I saw that. that look, it looks sweet too. It comes out Wednesday, May 18th. Um, so please, please check it out. It's going to be really cool. But so yeah, they no, no progress there. The only, they are doing stuff out front on our spike ball court and they've got these giant poles in the middle yeah. of it. But of course, you know, they put the stuff up and then they, they only do like one thing every four to five months. So like they knock down the wall <laughs> and they put up the things and then it, they're gone. So it, it, this, it is the most incredible construction, uh, not no show job 
in in history because literally since we've been here, Kyle, they made basically no progress. They are the they are the worst. Not good. Not good. <laughs> Would not hire them. Um. So yeah, but the new place is great. We just uh, you know, you can be comfortable in regular clothes. All right. Um. Question from Mark Vettel: Would you rather fight 100 Mothman-sized mountaineers or 100 mountaineer-sized Mothmen? Um, I don't even know what a mo- mountaineer is. Is it someone who climbs mountains, or is there something else? Well, it's like a um, like a mountain man. A, yeah, like a wilderness okay, so person. Someone who climbs yeah. mountains. <laughs> a trapper. But they were, you know, they were burly people. You know, um, obviously not the size of um, of Mothman, but um. Man, I, I think this I, is I easy. Think you, you think it's easy? Yeah, but I, I want you to answer first. The size of a hundred mountaineer sized Mothman people. Like I, and what is a Mothman? I don't even know this. Oh my gosh, Ben. Yes, ben, yes you do. Ben, I don't. Ben, what ben. is a I mean, I, I've heard of a, a Mothman, the Mothman prophecies. That's a movie or something, but I don't yeah. actually know what a Mothman is. Fantastic movie. Um, Set in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Um, <laughs> no, Mothman was um, a creature, probably eight nine feet tall. Oh shoot! Um, but it had red eyes and wings, and it's supposedly a bad omen. So it first became a thing, <clears throat> started appearing like a month before um, the Silver Bridge unfortunately collapsed um, in Point Pleasant. And, Unfortunately, a lot of people died, but no one saw it in Point Pleasant after Mothman, after the bridge collapsed. And then supposedly he, Mothman has been seen in other places before, like big tragedies. Um, so he's like kind of like a bad omen type thing. Hmm. So he's uh, the bad he's, omen. He's an eight, nine feet tall creature, red eyes, wings, can fly really fast. Um, but he originated in, in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Uh, I, I think you got to go with the mountaineers that are mothman size because i'm i'm not fighting 100 mothmen that's yes that's exactly what i thought 100 mothmen if it's real you don't want to fight 100 of them they've got supernatural you powers you, you ain't winning yeah you're not winning that you're not winning that fight just take your take your chances with the giant uh giant mountaineer types okay what was your favorite moment from year one at west virginia uh favorite moment um I had to be when when Peyton won in the in the blood round at NCAA's. Um he lost in the blood round the year before as a true freshman. Um <clears throat> and so just to see him break through and get that done. Um and being from West Virginia and um you know, growing up just a little bit away from Morgantown was is really cool and um it's actually had a lot of success with West Virginia wrestlers here at WU. So um, that was definitely the coolest part. What about his exchange that went viral with DJ Hamidi? That was insane. And I didn't see that live. I didn't see it till I don't, I think you probably tweeted it from the West Virginia account. Dude, while it was happening, I was like, this is going to blow up. Like, I'm like filming it. I'm like, this is going to blow up. Like, please score Peyton. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, that that match was crazy. Those two those two are a lot of fun. Um and as young as they are, they both they both still have three years left. Um yeah. so yeah, no, that he he has he's another one that um 
is just a freak, Peyton. Like, stuff he can do with, like, his knees and, like, his feel for scrambling. Um, yeah, he he's a freak. You gave Keegan some some tough uh, some tough moments there. Those were mm-hmm. definitely competitive matches, very fun ones. Yep, he's good. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not gonna try to pit you two against each other. I'll just leave it, <laughs> it at that. Uh, Gre- Green Bay Packers draft thoughts and uh, help AR12 out. It was solid. Um, I'm not I'm not gonna I would have because they had two front, first round picks and two second round picks. I would have loved to see them be aggressive and, and trade up and try to get one of the really good receivers. Um, <clears throat> I, I think they said the price was too high. They didn't want to do that. Um, so I'm actually fine with them staying put and making the two picks they did, because if you take a wide receiver in the first round after the six, like ones you had a first round grade run, you're reaching at that point. So they got better at, at in the front, defensive front seven, which is definitely where they needed help. And then they got a wide receiver. They traded up in the second round and got one. So I'm actually okay with it. I'd still like us to see see us um, go get a veteran wide receiver like Julio Jones is still available. Jarvis Landry is still available. Um, even Odell Beckham, um, like seemed like he figured things out with with Stafford there at the end of the year. So still like us to to do that at some point. Um, but actually, I, th- I thought the draft was pretty solid. Out. Outside of the Jordan Love pick and the third round pick of like of a tight end fullback hybrid that everyone didn't even have on their board as like a draftable player that we took in the third round. Like the GM has had pretty solid drafts, but like the Jordan Love pick is just inexcusable at this point when Aaron has put the two MVP seasons back to back after that. You just wasted a first round pick. Wasted it. He's terrible. Got it. Okay. So rant, mix rant done. Rant <laughs> done. All right. We all heard about Ismail Barrero absconding, defecting from Cuba. If he trains and com- competes in Greco in the U.S., what is his KBDR, the K- Kyle Brackey danger rating? <laughs> uh, I mean, he's bombing dudes, right? Like, if he, it's got to be over a 10. Um, the, yeah. 13. I'll say 13. That's high because. You know, Greco is is definitely I I would say probably more dangerous than uh, than freestyle. And you get an elite guy that yeah. does what he does. It's very dangerous. Now, Mihan Lopez has to be the most dangerous wrestler of all time. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, for they, like yeah, they broke the mold. Yeah, a lot. One. Yeah, man, he might be like the first like twenty. <laughs> <laughs> man, I hope he comes back one more time. That would be just amazing. Heck yeah. He's ageless. I mean, you know what? Yoel Romero, that guy doesn't age. Doesn't, doesn't age. age at all. These, nope. these The Cubans. Holy cow. All right. Keep it moving. Maybe, maybe we'll do a wrestling topic. I don't know. Um, probably not. At some point. That would be fun. Do, do, do. If Dagestan was its own country, how good would they and Russia without them be against the rest of the world? I think I don't want to say ninety percent, but a high percent of the Russians are from Dagestan, and then ones that wrestle in other countries are also from Dagestan. There's the other what Ossetia. There's the other republic that has a lot also. So I think maybe if you did Ossetia and then Dagestan like as separate countries, then I think Russia would not be very good. Correct. So looking at uh, the medal table, um, where were you at? I'm on Wikipedia. 
Mm. You know you're getting the best information. Um, so of their only, only five are from Dagestan of their uh, number ones of, for their 2021 Russian National Freestyle Championships. But Dagestan was, they had 17 medals. North Ossetia had 10. Crimea had two. And then it's like one, one, two. Um, just a couple couple different ones. So pretty light. But yeah, the Dagestan flag here, if you look at it, the the green, yeah. blue, and red flag, there, there's a lot of a lot of them. But like, a lot of them like celebrate with that flag over the Russian flag a lot, right? Yes, hundred yeah. percent. They're kind of like, yeah, it's very very different. So Nifonov, uh, Sitikov, and Kozryev, who are number ones for them, were all, are all from Ossetia. So they would be good. They would be definitely one one of the best uh, nations in in the world for sure. But they might be. Uh... Maybe the best, right? Because, I mean, Yugayev, Megamedov, and Rashidov would be world champ, world champ, world champ. Mm-hmm. And then Zamalov would be. Oh, and then not, uh, this doesn't even have uh, Sajulayev on there, but he would obviously be the number one for for ninety seven. Yep. And then you look at the depth. So like, they didn't win seventy four, seventy nine, or eighty six. But right behind them, you have Zamalov, who is a yep. known beast. Uh, Uzmanov, and then Karugliev, who's really, really good as well. So they've got yeah. a lot of guys. Um, so yeah, they. Uh, I would say they have it's, a good chance to win worlds. Do uh, I actually don't know? We need where's Spay at when we need him? Do uh, so. Do Dagestan and North Ossetia slash Alania? Do they like each other? Because if not, that would be like a heated like Iowa Oklahoma State uh, dual meet every year. Flo should set that up. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's like super tense there, but I'm not sure. They definitely. I think that. Ossetia is like different re- religiously than than Dagestan, which is you know Muslim majority. Huh. Uh, so I'm not I'm not sure. But the funny thing is, Spay would definitely know the answer to that question. And for sure, he would. It is, but that'd be a fun duel me because you look at you know look how many Dagestan won seventeen. They'd probably be the huge favorite. Ossetia won ten, but then the next one after that is two. Yes. Well, no, sorry, there's a three, but they have zero gold. Bur- Buradia, who the hell that is. Someone uh, is in here and says, "Look me up on track wrestling." That's one of the. That's that's the. What would you have replied in your heyday to a, a chat like that, Racky? Uh, I probably would have looked him up and then been like, "Hey, what happened at this tournament?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> probably a child. Um, okay. Next question. Let's look here. Oh, actually, not a question. Final X match order and schedule was released if you haven't seen that it's on the site right now the usa wrestling put it out they're doing it a little differently sort of similar to how it's been done in the past so there's only two final x sites so that means there's a lot of contested weights at both sites so what they're doing they're starting uh session one at two which they'll do all of round one so all 15 matches of round one then it'll be like a two and a half hour break and then around seven or six depending on which site They'll start the second round, and then they'll wrestle through that. And if there's a third round, for some instances, they'll they'll run that straight into it. There won't be any break. So is it? It's all fifteen on one mat. Yes. Praise be. Okay. So, Praise be. Nah, I do it different. If I'm, listen, I I don't work for Flow, so I don't I can't get in trouble. Well, that's listen, not what most people I throw think. I some ben. of those damn matches in the back room. I said, listen, this is going to be a boring match. 
go to the back room and wrestle it, and we'll just post the result. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Funny thing about Ben saying he doesn't work for flow is that everyone thinks you do. And so Well, that's why it, I that's why I put out there. I don't. I it don't. doesn't help I'm an though. independent contractor. It, it doesn't but help. I don't, he doesn't, I don't while he's put... on Flow Wrestling Radio Live and with the Flow Wrestling Radio Live TV behind him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I'm independent contractor. My thoughts are my own. They do not reflect <clears> the <throat> actions of Flow Wrestling LLC or Incorporated, whatever the hell you guys are. Um yep. I don't know. And listen, if I was in charge, if I was in charge, man, some feelings might get their feelings hurt. You're boring. Go to the back room. We'll post the result. Everyone's happier because it's only like, you know, probably eight to ten matches is probably the perfect length right there. Yeah. We'll, we'll <laughs> probably be in the 30 to 35 range. Um, just, well, yeah, per session, per session. Yeah. Okay, got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, Another very pressing <laughs> question I need a. What does your book have the current price of, of Bitcoin at, Bracky? Oh, it's not, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let dying. me check this real quick. Don't um, bring it up. We're on four. At, we were at four dollars and twenty cents, and that is that's down from six dollars and ninety cents uh, okay. earlier this morning. <laughs> wow, big shift, big shift. <laughs> it's been yeah. It's, it's not been quite the Bitcoin party it was uh, when you were on the and show. Not like last year. Like Don't even year. get me started on Doge. Ollie's in trouble. Ollie, yeah, yeah. he really, he really, uh, I, I, he's doing okay though. Ollie's doing okay. Okay, he's, good. Um, okay, keeping it moving. See if there's any other questions before we go. Okay, he wants to start a uh, Adam Rush wants to start a new segment called Would Folk Style Ben Pin Them? I'll start. No, let's not do that. I saw this. Uh, I don't need to. Yeah, I pin a lot of people. Let's could you pin Will Smith? Well, it sounds like you're avoiding the question if you could pin Will Smith. And I think you can't. Uh, obviously. Uh, he would He would uh, shake your hand, punch your face, and say, welcome to Earth. He doesn't punch. He slaps. He'd slap me. He might slap, but he might punch you like he but punched the alien in the face. Semi-legal in uh, wrestling. A little bit. You don't, you don't wind up. You take it right there. We're good. I actually like Carl Fraunhofer's uh, uh, post. Can we talk about this? Let's do it. Carl Fraunhofer had uh, a good little tweet string here. I will just read it quickly. Okay. High school wrestlers have a 1% chance of making it to a D1 roster. Considerably lower chance of earning a scholarship. Parents investing a ton of money into the sport with hopes of financial ROI are almost certainly making a terrible decision. Parents investing a ton of money and time into the sport, having a blast traveling the country, spending time with their kids, one sweaty gym at a time while their son or daughter learns some life lessons, stay in shape, and out of trouble. In my opinion, couldn't make a better investment. With that in mind, someone has to be in that 1%, but I can almost guarantee that dream and desire has to burn inside the in individual in the arena. I love it all. I think I think this is a, is great because the first one leads you to think like, what's he talking about? You know, like where what's he, where's he going with this? And then he follows up and kills it. Um, because I said, you know, a lot of people ask me like, would I ever open an MMA gym? And it's like, nah, I just want to coach wrestling. And one of my biggest things is because wrestling parents know exactly what they're getting out of it, right? I, I spent a lot of time in you MMA gyms because so training. Oh yeah, uh, well let me, I'll just I'll just let me yeah. Uh, when I was in the MMA gym, there's so many parents will bring their kids in and they think they're going to be the next big superstar. And it's just, it's such ridiculous expectations of what's going to happen. Um, and they'll say crazy, crazy stuff with wrestling. 
at least the parents I deal with, and I, I listen, we've been open 11 years. I deal with a lot of parents. Um, they're under the understanding. They're bringing their kid in. They're going to learn some good life lessons. They're going to learn how to work hard. They're going to learn how to persevere. They're going to learn these things. And if they get lucky and they do really well, maybe they go to college and wrestle at the next level, but definitely not guaranteed. And so, I, yes, I think the high majority, and I would say in, in my experience here, almost all of the parents, they know what they're getting out of it, right? They're putting their kid in there to do what was on Carl's second tweet, um, and if they get lucky and, you know, we've, we've had some, or I guess quite a few get lucky and go to the next level and maybe earn some scholarship money. But you think, you think it's different? I mean, what, what are the five, one, two outlaws? You go to a wrestling club. Does every parent think their kid's getting a college scholarship? No, I don't think so. I think most I of it's just a, an activity. A lot of them, it's, it's an activity to, to get their kid involved with. Some of them, I, yeah. I do think there are some that, that think they're, their kids are going to be really, really good. Um, but yeah, I know that's what it is for me. I mean, I was like, I had kind of said from the onset, I was like, yeah, my, my kids will wrestle. I don't have any like attachment to like success or anything beyond that. Other yeah. than I know the, how it's going to help them, um, uh, in the future. And I, th I think it is. Yeah. That's obviously how I'm looking at it. I know the Knowing the sport well is to know how incredibly difficult it would be for anyone to yeah. make it to that level. So and I, I think I so I think also too, if you have that, um, I don't even know what I would call that mentality or mindset. Um, so I mean, maybe some type of entitlement a little bit. You know that my kid's going to do this or that. It's like I feel like you would do other sports. Like wrestling is a terrible sport. If you're a football quarterback, you can go make a hundred million dollars, right? There's much bigger dreams. If you're an MMA fighter, you could be world famous. A wrestler, like a college scholarship pales in comparison to those things, right? So if you're if you're the type of parent who wants to live off their kid's success or, you know, have those really obviously unrealistic, lofty dreams, you're probably gonna have them in a different sport. Hayden Brackey's like two or three now. Is he? Is he started his training? Oh yeah. He. I mean, every camp I can get him into, we're going to for quarterbacking. Um, no, no, no. For wrestling, we're already reaching out to um, yeah. college coaches and um, attendance. Uh, I heard he was on a, a top um, thirty uh, thirty pounders to watch. I saw that. Yeah, but that was, yeah, but that was Ozzy Man taking him out. That was BS because he beat two of those guys ranked ahead of him. Um, so and one of those losses, biased. he he was sick that day. Yeah, he was sick that day. And the, well, I mean, the list was biased. Let's be honest. Um, it, it, you know, you know how it is. You know how people are out to Politics. get Politics. Yeah, coach's kid. Yeah, that's funny, dude. Aussie man versus. You know what? I don't know. Uh, much about either of your children, but I don't. I don't think anyone wants to fight Ozzy Man Strongboy. He seems like he's just out the gate ready to sling. <laughs> yeah, yesterday, yesterday I had to take him and Max's son Luca to the academy. To, they were getting babysat there while I was uh, running the first practice. And in one of the rooms, when we got there, there was a private lesson going on, and the other room was his babysitter hanging out. They were they got they got there before me, you know, and. uh so I'm like, hey, Ozzy, this is your babysitter, blah, blah, blah. And he like, keeps trying to go back to the other room where there's, you know, I think like six kids doing a, a small group private lesson with one of the coaches. And I'm like, Ozzy, your babysitter's over here. And then he goes, but there's no one for me to battle with in this room. 
And they ran into the room and like started trying to punch like the eighth graders. I'm like, no, stop distracting them. Your babysitter's over here. He's like, there's no one to battle with. And that he says there's no one to battle with. That's uh wow. Bright, bright future. Um Kyle, before we go, anything else? Any other thoughts? Any other uh West Virginia things? Anything you want to get off your chest? You've been uh I won't say muzzled, but you haven't had uh had this uh, opportunity in quite a while. Um, no, I, I mean, I do have an alien hour if you guys want it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah let's I forgot. Do it. Let's go. All right. All right, so this one this one does take place in um, in West Virginia. It's funny, I, I kind of learned about it recently. Um, but it seems like it's pretty popular and was actually just on a history channel show, just like one of those mystery, mystery shows. But so... <clears throat> Going back to Christmas Eve, 1945. Going back a long way. Wow. Fayetteville, Fayetteville, West Virginia. It's a couple hours south of Morgantown. But um, family, you know, families back then were really big. They mm-hmm. had um, they had nine kids, and uh, they go to sleep on Christmas Eve. And at one point in the middle of the night, the phone's ringing. Um, the mom goes downstairs, answers it. It was a wrong number. She goes back to sleep. Later in the night, she hears something like almost like hit the side of the house, and it sounds like it's rolling off um, the roof of the house. She's like, That's weird. She listens for a few more minutes, doesn't hear anything, goes back to sleep. Then about 45 minutes or so later, she um, smells smoke and like there's a, clearly a fire going on. So she wakes her husband up. <clears throat> they get all the kids that are on their level out, which there were um, – there were four there, but then there were another five kids on the next level of the house. And, but that, like the stairs to get up there was completely on fire. Like there was no way to get up to them. So dad runs outside and he has a ladder that he's going to try to put up and get up there to the kids and, you know, pull them out. Well, he goes to where his ladder usually is. It's not there. Uh-oh. And yeah, so then he's like, he's like trying to think of something. He's like, I'll pull the car around, try to like get on top of the car and like climb up. The car won't start. He can't get the car started. And so while that's going on, someone else is trying to run and call, or they were on the first floor because the first floor wasn't like on fire yet. So they try to call someone for help. Phone's not working. So then they, someone runs to neighbors, try to call neighbors. Long story short, house completely burns down in about 45 minutes um but they're and i mean they just think that the kids died in the fire but when they start going through everything there no skeletons no bones no anything that resembles that they were in the house um Uh yeah yeah pretty pretty weird Uh but like stuff like appliances stuff like that weren't completely destroyed so it's not like they were just turned into ash or anything and um the family like in the days leading up after or after the fire like reached out to a local funeral home and was like hey when you cremate someone like is there things left and they're like yeah there's always like bits of like bone stuff like that and we're our fires are much for two hours and at a much hotter rate than that fire would have been for 45 minutes so there's just like no possible way that there'd be no remains. There would be nothing of them left. Yeah. So 
they originally ruled that this is um, caused from an electrical fire. Well, a couple things that just kind of don't make sense with that. Like, if this was an electrical fire, the, why would the power still be on, like, while the fire was burning? Because when they, when they were leaving the house, like, their Christmas lights were still on. And, like, lights were on still in the first floor. And, like, you'd think if it was an electrical fire, the power would be completely out. Also, when they start, like, just searching the area, like, looking for the kids, because there's clearly no sign of them, they find the ladder, like, thrown into this embankment. Like, so someone clearly, like, hid this ladder. Mm. Um, and with the car, they actually think they, like, in the hurry of trying to, like, start it, they think they just flooded the engine because they couldn't really find anything wrong with the car. And that was just kind of ended up happening. Um, but... The town's quick to rule this just an accident and say that the kids must have been in the debris. But the parents, you know, very much convinced this something <clears throat> else. could not have happened. Yeah, something else happened. Um, so it turns out that this family had come, come from Italy. They're immigrants from Italy. And um, at that time, the dad was very outspoken um, against Mussolini, like, said he's a very bad person and wasn't okay with what he was doing in Italy. Well, a couple of weeks before the fire happened, he was visited, you know, back then they used to sell stuff going door to door. So a life insurance person had come to him and they were talking and they both realized they're from Italy. And, um, he, they started talking about Mussolini and the, the dad of the guy that lived in the house that got burned down was just very much like he's a terrible person. I don't condone anything he's doing it. And the guy gets all pissed off at him and they end up getting like, verbal argument and he's like you're you're gonna pay for all these things you said about Mussolini. like you're gonna pay oh boy and so a lot of people think right and a lot of people think that he is involved and it's kind of interesting that um the coroner when they kind of were making the ruling whether um this was an accident what arson what it was they they put together a jury of people to help decide that and that insurance guy was on the jury that said it was an accident. It was an accidental fire. Oh boy. And there were, yeah. And there were a couple like reportings of seeing the children like in towns surrounding the area within the next few days. They just didn't know that they were missing at the time. Like they heard about it later and were like, I saw those kids. Like they were with a man and a woman with a Florida license plate. Um, and then, so for <clears throat> as long as the mom and dad lived, they, freaking hunted for these kids like they mm -hmm. were traveling all over the country looking for leads um all this stuff and it's just become and they put up um they put up this huge billboard on route 16 in Fayetteville with all I mean it's massive with all five of the kids pictures on it and like like paragraph long what they think happened and like including like thinking police are in on this because they're so quick to rule an arson and they won't investigate anyway the FBI in, in, um, even offered to get involved, and the local police force told them, no, we don't need your help. This is an accident. Classic. Like, why are you so yeah. willing to shut them out right away? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know the motive here, and if it really is, like, like the mob, like, was so mad about this, like, what he was saying about Mussolini at the time, um, or what it was, but I don't know. Something just add, doesn't add up. And so, like, this this billboard was up in Fayetteville for almost 50 years. Finally, when the mother of the um, the kid died in, like, 1989, the family ended up 
um, taking it down. But the the oldest surviving sister, who was two at the time of the fire, she just died in 2021. But like said to her daughter, like you have to keep this alive. Like they are. Oh my like, gosh. They survived. Like I'm telling you, like family is adamant that they survived. So it's just kind of like one of those weird things that just doesn't make any sense. It's kind of creepy. It's like, like, and the, the thing hitting the, that woke the mom up the one time that hit the house and like rolled off. They think it was someone like trying to start the fire. Um, mm. Like with some kind of incendiary device or something like it's kind of, it's pretty crazy. It's called the solder family. Whoa. That is a crazy what, one. What's that face you're making there? Me? I don't know if you guys ever do this because you guys are also on this podcast. Sometimes I'll just forget. I, we talk too much. I'll forget about the podcast. I'll be over here like, you know, making some <laughs> weird face or doing something. I'm like, oh, damn, like people maybe. But sometimes, you know, like it's like it will only be on Kyle. So they can't they're not seeing us, you know. Yeah. But sometimes yeah. it is on us. You know, like, oh, why am I making that funny face right now? So what about I was what I was looking up was. The guy you had brought up in, in uh, FRLs way long ago, Cleveland's Watchdog. Do you remember this guy? He would hunt down yeah, all the... All I remember this vaguely. I think he might be the guy that could help. Uh, I want to get him on the case because he's just <laughs> uh, got a nose for justice. What was, so, uh, what was his name again? So uh, another thing I just remember when you brought up the detective <laughs> thing. So at one point <clears throat> in like the late 60s, they got um, an anonymous letter and it was a picture and it said that this was one of their sons. And it, I mean, it, it looked like him. Like, I mean, he was like 13 when he disappeared. So it would match up age-wise. Said the age, his name, where he was, and where he was at. So um, the dad, by this point, was in pretty bad health. So he hired a, a private detective to go down to Kentucky and check and see if this was this dude or investigated a little bit. They never heard from the private detective again. And they couldn't track him down. They, they, it wasn't oh. just like... He took the money and run and didn't give him an answer. They literally couldn't find him again. Jeez. This is shenanigans. Yeah. This is not good. Not good. Very sad story. So if you know anything about the Sauter family disappearance, hit me up. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Racky will connect they don't the dots. They, won't, they yeah. don't want anything to do with it. So hit me up. Yeah. Don't get, don't, uh, we don't want to give the family false hope. So we'll let, we'll run all your requests through Bracky and then he'll connect the dots. <laughs> He's a doctor. Exactly. Well, that was very, that was a good one. Very good uh, alien hour and, and an appreciated return. Uh, Kyle, anything else before, before we go? I think that's it, man. I appreciate you guys having me back on with me defend uh, Brittany's honor, that's her good. freedom. Apparently I'm the only freedom fighter still left out there. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, this is America fighter. people. It is America. Uh, yeah, I'm no, looking forward you guys, to watching the team next year. I'm looking forward to watching the Mountaineers. We're excited, you know, just trying to get better every single year. I think this is, um, man, it's probably like 2005 or six. They've had two returning All-Americans in the same lineup, like Killian and Peyton both be back next year. Mm -hmm. um, it's first time we had an All-American three straight years um, since 2000 five to seven and i think the really cool thing was it was three different wrestlers that did it like it wasn't just one like stud like we had noah then killing the peyton um so really excited about the direction the program said we had 
killing the Big 12 champ this year. We've had two in the past four seasons, and the previous eight before that, there was one. So, and Peyton was in the finals this year as well. So, um, we're going in the right direction, man. I, I obviously we'd like to expedite it, but uh, we're getting there. Heck yeah. We'll keep going. We're rooting for you for sure, Bracky. Thanks so much for, for coming on. This has been fun. Fun week of shows. We had Shane yesterday, Bracky today, Alien Hours, Free Britney Movement, the whole shebang. We'll be back Shane next Tuesday. Shane cracked me up with Bieber, by the way. What the heck? Oh. He loves Bieber. He texted me and Ben after the show a screenshot of his, like, Bieber playlist. No good. Man. No good, Shane. No good. You, you can't you can't have any pride if you don't have any shame. And uh, he's got no shame. <laughs> Shane Sparks. Thank you guys so much. Thank you to Shane. Thanks, Justin Bieber. And thanks especially to you for tuning in. We will see you next Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Let's go, Mountaineers. Let's go.